Hello and welcome to the Pinocchio Project. I'm Mitch Friedman, and in my experience as a husband, a father, a church planter, a pastor, and a university professor, I've discovered that everyday ideas on human flourishing have significant consequences. Our goal here at the Pinocchio Project is to examine these everyday ideas to see if they actually deliver on their promises. Hello and welcome to the Pinocchio Project. This is Mitch Friedman and I'm speaking to you from beautiful Lago Vista, Texas with my most excellent compadre sidekick, all things distributive for this podcast, Jeff Olson. Jeff's waving right now. Uh, We want to collectively, he and I together, say happy Mother's Day to our moms right now. This is the uh, weekend going into Mother's Day. And so thanks, Mom. Uh, Mom, when I think of you, I do think of a uh, common topic and theme and lane that we're in here on the Pinocchio Project. And I think of flourishing. Uh, And we've said before uh, that flourish is a verb to grow or develop in a healthy or vigorous way, typically as the result of a particularly favorable environment. And uh, out there in podcast land, my mom uh, did help me to flourish. She was a huge cheerleader for me. Uh, she kicked my rear end when appropriate. Uh, she encouraged me most often and probably has a lot to do with me sitting behind a mic and trying to communicate concepts and ideas that are helpful. She actually thought I was going to take on a vocation, uh, after law school, which I never went to. I do have a master's degree, but not in law. She thought I'd certainly go to law school. And then with my jurisprudence degree, become the most well-respected defense attorney in all the land. Uh, she would often say in the midst of one of our uh, give and takes about her wanting me to do something and me not wanting to, after about 10 minutes of futility, she would say, boy, you could argue the paint off a fence post. And uh, I thought that was an insult at the time, but I kind of like it now. So happy Mother's Day. Uh, Consequently, or maybe coincidentally and consequently, uh, we are going to begin today Uh, with the podcast that will be uh, published on next Monday and then next Friday and then the following Monday and Friday. So we're going to do four podcasts uh, on the uh, contemporary subject of abortion. And uh, so I know it's a really hard subject. I think it's it's absolutely necessary for the church to give it some fresh air. Uh, My wife and I have experience in this world when we were uh, in the abortion world when we were both uh, what I would call uh, uh, just consuming hedonist uh, before uh, we were compelled to faith in, in Jesus and things began to change. Uh, we, I would say quite casually at the time, we actually engaged in an abortion together. I paid for her abortion based on our uh, life outside the sexual ethic guardrails. And uh, by God's grace over time, we know we've been forgiven. My wife actually works in Uh, abortion recovery and healing and so it's a good lane for her and as a pastor and communicator it's been my desire in the churches that I'm a part of and the churches that I've led to actually allow some fresh air into this uh, most painful and uh, long-term damaging uh, subject. So what I want to do here uh, today as we begin this conversation is reference the uh, the leaked document that 
uh, came out uh, on Monday evening from SCOTUS, the draft document of the uh, majority opinion uh, that will overturn Roe. And I don't want to talk necessarily about the nuances of motivations or the individuals involved in the leak, but I do want to use that uh, event to just highlight, I, I think, to magnify the the place that the abortion debate or war has taken uh, in, in our culture since Roe uh, back in 1973. The battle for ideas uh, in our nation's birth uh, as she matured a bit in the mid-1800s turned into a, a debate on slavery and the horrors of uh, racial slavery. And what happened in the country at, at that time, in that season, was a literal separation. Uh, you see North-South, uh, Union, Confederacy. Well, we have no less a separation today uh, over the abortion issue in our states. And so that's what's going to be necessary if Roe is overturned, is there will be uh, an issue returned to the states. And what we see is a civil war that's, that's in the offing, uh, in the brewing, just like we had slave states and free states. We had slave states in the South and the Confederacy, and we had free states in the North and the Union. Uh, we have that same division now uh, across the states in our, our democracy and our republic right now. Uh, we, have, we have abortion states, and uh, we have what's known as life states. And the rhetoric is thick and the insults are hurling, uh, the temperature is up, and there's a civil war brewing. Uh, I don't even want to talk about that. I want to actually uh, find our way back to a biblical worldview to examine how we even got to this place through the middle portions of the 1900s uh, into the, the late portions of the 1900s and then uh, into our, our current day, uh, the ideas that have taken shape and have brought us to this point. Uh, where abortion is seen in one camp as an absolute right and necessity and in the other camp as an absolute horror against humanity. And so what, I, what I'd like to do is I'd like to begin by reminding us that ideas have consequences. Ideas on human flourishing have consequences. Good ideas about flourishing bring flourishing not just for an individual, but also for that individual's family and community and even generationally uh, from one to the next. Uh, bad ideas about human flourishing bring degrading and uh, human suffering. So what I want to do uh, is, uh, as I've already said, is I want to launch into this conversation. And by the time we get to the fourth installment, which will be uh, two weeks from today, we are going to have a pretty good handle on how we got to this place uh, as a culture ideologically and how the separation of states over this issue has occurred. Uh, so you're going to have to promise to stay with me for this podcast and the three uh, subsequent ones to, to get a full-orbed understanding of what we're trying to do. So let's, let's review from last week a secular worldview because it has a lot to do, a secular worldview and its answers to the question, what does it mean to be human? What's wrong with this world? What can be done to fix it? And where is it going from here? Do I have a part in it? A secular worldview and its answers are, as we said, the most prominent popular uh, on the street where you live, and they have made their way into as the uh, the solution question is often answered in a secular sense, the state must be our salvation. So governments uh, of all types are now relied upon to tell us what we need to know and command us and what we need to do. But I want to review a secular worldview and a biblical worldview uh, when it comes to matters of human flourishing. 
So uh, all persons want to flourish. Everybody who would like to flourish, everybody who would like to grow healthy and in a healthy and vigorous way in the right environment, raise your hand out there in podcast land. I'm raising mine. Jeff's not raising his. He must be busy dialing in the specs of our sound. Oh, he's up now. He's in. He's all in. Uh, so all persons want to flourish. So let's discuss the necessary favorable environment. And I would call that that favorable environment like a garden, like like if I might have a flourishing, blooming vegetable or or flower garden, I need the right soil. So the garden of ideas uh, on human flourishing is where we're going to spend some time here. So let's look at the garden of ideas when it comes to a biblical worldview on human flourishing. Uh, so what are the characteristics of a, a flourishing garden in a biblical sense? What does it mean for image bearers to be at their best? And I've listed kind of four things, and they're, they're connected to the four questions of origins, problems, solutions, and destinations, or creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. So what are the characteristics of a biblical worldview for human flourishing? The characteristics are, one, a full embrace of my created identity. So... Uh, I was created on purpose uh, and by design and on purpose from the perspective of relationship. A, a relational creative God created me for relationships, and in his image I am made, and with design and purpose to carry on the relationships necessary to fulfill his desires for my life. Also, a characteristic of human flourishing, it may sound counterintuitive, but I must have a full embrace of my own sin nature my own predisposition to promote myself, protect myself, indulge myself, and to impose my agenda. That may sound weird, but if I am actually going to flourish in the way God has designed for me, and since he designed me, he should know best uh, how I flourish, I have to embrace my identity, not only as an image bearer, but also as by nature, uh, someone who's separated from him by my sin. The third full embrace that's a characteristic of a biblical worldview of human flourishing is a full embrace now of my redeemed identity through faith in Christ. And we've talked about this before as we built our biblical worldview. Uh, my faith in Jesus Christ has now given me back uh, my original humanity and then some because I have his spirit living in me. So uh, in my new humanity, I am not only uh, forgiven and without guilt before God uh, as I pursue holiness and growth and moving from infancy to maturity, I also have this great flourishing satisfaction of being an agent for his restoration uh, of his kingdom uh, that has come and is coming. And that's the fourth full embrace that's a characteristic of a biblical view of human flourishing. That is a full embrace of my role now as an agent of kingdom restoration. So those are four embraces that are characteristics of a biblical view of human flourishing. The embrace of my created identity, the full embrace of my sin nature, the full embrace of my redeemed identity, and the full embrace of my role as an agent of restoration. So I'm just going to pause here and let's think about uh, the implications for responsibility now for me as an individual living uh, out my faith in a biblical worldview. Uh, what does it mean for me as to discipline? What does it mean uh, to me uh, as to delayed gratification? What does it mean to me as a matter of sacrifice for my family? And what does it mean to me as a matter of uh, being willing to suffer as a way of ensuring my growth toward maturity? Because each one of those questions of implications has, has significant, significant consequences for how culture is built. 
uh, my individual responsibilities lived out in the biblical worldview is actually a, a key ingredient, uh, a foundation stone, if you will, to a culture that now is, is flourishing for individuals, families, and communities. So that, that's the, those are the characteristics of a biblical view of human flourishing. So let's uh, now look at a secular view of human flourishing. If you remember, I'm not going to be able to to rehearse and refresh everything we talked about uh, last week in our two podcasts on secularism, but let's just talk about its characteristics. In a, in a secular worldview, the most important characteristics are what I would call freedom from and freedom to. A secular worldview of human flourishing insists on freedom from superstitious notions about being created by and moral, morally accountable to a divine, intelligent personality. And then as a side, uh, a secular worldview, worldview would put in parentheses, after all, the science is settled. And these are all truth claims, and we've talked about truth claims before. Just because someone makes a truth claim, just, just because I make a truth claim, doesn't mean that it's true. It has to be tested. It has to be tested for coherence, consistency, and livability. That's the framework of testing all truth claims and all worldviews. So the characteristic of human flourishing from a secular perspective is that there is no divine. I'm neither created nor accountable to any intelligent personality, any divine personality, any kind of God. I am a naturalistic result, meaning I am a material set of processes of Darwinian evolution over time. A complementary freedom uh, in this worldview is that I'm free from moral restraints demanded by absolutes on right or wrong. Uh, I'm not even sure I can know what right or wrong is because there's no lawgiver to provide anything that's absolute or transcendent. So I have two freedoms here, freedom from superstitious notions and freedom from moral restraints demanded by any absolutes. Now, the freedom to perspective of a secular view of human flourishing is the freedom now to live out my independence in ways that seem best to me as long as I, and here's a subjective uh, writer, as long as I don't hurt anyone. So what are the implications for these characteristics for the individual and the family and the community, and not just in the lifetime of the individual. What does this have to say about sacrifice? What does it have to say about generational health? What does it have to say about moral responsibility? What does it have to say about my desire to improve the quality of life in my community? Uh, I would offer that there is no grounding. If there is no divine, if there is no transcendent, if there is no intelligence, is if there's no lawgiver, if there are no absolutes, then I am just actually uh, sitting here with my feet firmly planted in midair uh, when it comes to anything related to design or purpose or responsibility. And these are important things to refresh as we move into our conversation about abortion and the way it's divided our nation. It may have divided our families, and you may have a divided heart as well. So hopefully this will be a good conversation. And so I just wanted to do that brief review on the characteristics of human flourishing from a biblical worldview perspective and the characteristics of human flourishing from a secular perspective. So as we close today on the Pinocchio Project, uh, what I'm doing today on the 6th of May uh, will drop on Monday, the 9th of May. 
And what I want to want, want you to do is pay close attention throughout this conversation so you'll be ready for our conversation on Friday the 13th because we're developing, uh, I would call foundation stone on foundation stone, uh, this conversation about abortion and human flourishing. So for the Pinocchio Project, this is Mitch Friedman signing off. Thanks so much for being with us on the Pinocchio Project today. If this podcast has value for you, please subscribe or follow. Give us a five-star rating and share. If you have an everyday idea you'd like to submit for us to examine, simply email us at pinocchioprojectpod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at PinocchioPod, or you can hit the links in the show notes below. Thanks again for listening. And remember, your everyday ideas have significant consequences.